Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 188 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we conclude our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, looking at Doctrine and Covenants sections 71 to 75 um, in the week of June the 28th to July the 4th. Um, happy 4th of July to all of our listeners in the US, of course. I can say that over here in the UK, it's it's not a particularly um, different day at all. Um, but, uh, congrat- um, you know, just obviously just happy wishes for the, the day over there. Uh, so in this episode, we're going to conclude uh, this week's study, as I mentioned, uh, and we're looking at Doctrine and Covenants sections 50, section 55, uh, 75, sorry. Uh, and this was given on the 25th of January, 1832, as part of a general conference in Ohio. Um, as it says in the Joseph Smith Papers analysis, quote, on the 10th of January, 1832, a revelation stated that at the next conference that several missions the elders were to fulfill would be made known unto them, close quote. As we find out, um, this section does give a lot of um, directions as to certain individuals and where they were to go and teach the gospel. It continues, quote, William E. McClellan later wrote that in that the 25th of January conference was attended by between 70 and 80 official characters, apparently men who held church offices from various locations, close quote. In this conference, a lot of business was done um, and a lot of direction was given. Uh, a lot of business was conducted. Uh, and if you think about it, 70 to 80 individuals, you, most of them men, holding church offices, considering the church was, you know, a year or just over 18 months now uh, being organised is pretty substantial. The kingdom was indeed growing forward uh, and there was a lot of direction and um, guidance that needed to be given. And so this section has a lot of that kind of directing and leading people to the various positions that they were to do. And so as we just dip into this section now. Um, I think that there'll be a few lessons for us to learn uh, as we consider how we teach, how we act in you know the callings we're given, but also how we can share the gospel with, with others as well. So in Doctrine and Covenants section 75, um, it says in verse 3 and 4, Behold, I say unto you that it is my will that you should go forth and not tarry, neither be idle, but labour with your might, lifting up your voices as with the sound of a trump, proclaiming the truth according to the revelations and commandments which I have given you. So the Lord is inviting these individuals to go forward and to teach, to teach the gospel and to truly go forward and invite others to come unto Christ. And in verse 5, it provides a blessing for them, uh, saying, And thus, if you are faithful, ye shall be laden with many sheaves and crowned with honour and glory and immortality and eternal life. The blessings notes that in this verse are given um, are all referring to the life after this, spiritual blessings that will come later on. Um, one of the interesting things that I found as we've kind of studied the church history and things like that is that sometimes commandments and directions were given and sometimes great blessings and miracles were seen and other times things didn't quite work out as they would have wanted at, or, or expected perhaps as it was from directed from God. Um and some may question that and say, well, why, you know, if this is his work, why weren't all, why wasn't all the things that the Lord directed them to do all successful in the way that you would expect? Um, and because I think there's a number of reasons why. Um, 
but I think that one of them is that it the blessings we receive for obedience and sacrifice and for all of these things, yes, there can be blessings given to us in this life, but they are setting up in store the blessings and the and the eternal life in the life to come. Uh, President James E. Faust uh, said this, quote, I believe that earthly crowns such as power, the love of money, the preoccupation of material things, the honours of men are a crown of thorns because they are based upon obtaining and receiving rather than giving. So selfishness can make what we think is a noble crown into a crown of thorns beyond our power to endure. When I first started my professional career, one of the senior members of our office asked another senior member for some help on a legal matter. The other man who was asked to help was gifted and able, but also selfish. He replied, what's in it for me? The what's in it for me philosophy is basically what's wrong with the world. It is surely one of the sharpest points in a crown of thorns, close quote. I think that's something that's, you know, when we think about serving as members of the church, I don't think that we think we act in that way. But sometimes we may say, you know, you know, what's this doing for me right now? Why should I do this when I've got other important things to do? And the reality is, is that there are probably times that we think, looking at the world's point of view of gain and possessions, that the things that we do are not as important in the church. However, um, we have an opportunity to receive great blessings uh, in the life to come after this, um, but we need to begin to act now. Um, in the next verse, it talks to William E. McClellan uh, and gives some direction to him and then to Luke Johnson. And as we go through into verse 13, we see a lot of names and they are told where to go, whether to eastern countries or western countries, uh, who they take with them, what they're meant to do. And there's a lot here, basically, which we don't really need to cover, I think, in terms of, um, you know, specific logistics of what they were told to do. But interestingly, in verse 28, um, it says this, And again, verily, I say unto you that every man who is obliged to provide for his own family, let him provide, and he shall in no wise lose his crown, and let him labour in the church. Um, we are to labour, we are to work for our family, we are to provide the, the, the necessities of life. And this applies to, to parents. Um, obviously, you know, the, the family proclamation of the world indicates that the husband should be the one to provide and, and go out and, and provide the material things that the family needs and the, and the wife is to nurture. But as we, as we fully know, there are many family circumstances in the world and it may well be that at a certain time that the wife needs to provide when the husband cannot. Or perhaps there is no husband to provide and the wife needs to try and fill both those roles and vice versa. Um, and I think that um, we obviously have a natural tendency, I suppose, as, as men and women to do certain things. But at times we are encouraged and we are in, and so at times we need to fulfill those roles as well. And whatever it is that our family needs, we need to look for those needs and try and fill them, whatever those may be. And that's where we can also ask the Lord and our Heavenly Father to help us to know what we can do to support and bless our family. But the most important thing is that we don't do what is said in verse 29, just afterwards. It says, let every man be diligent in all things, and the idler shall not have place in the church except he repent and mend his ways. Being idle is what we need to avoid. Uh, and I think that um, that is a clear message from this whole section. You know, all these individuals that were called the 70 to 80 characters who were given their roles here or later on uh, were called to not be idlers. 
Joseph Fielding Smith said this. Um, well, actually, he shared a quote that President Joseph F. Smith said, which is this, quote, There should be no idlers in Zion. Even the poor who have to be assisted should be willing to do all in their power to earn their own living. Not one man or woman should be content to sit down and be fed, clothed or housed without, without an exertion on his or her part to compensate for these privileges. Close quote. Um, we are called to act and to do all that we can. And even as he says, those that cannot provide for their means at this time, who can receive support from some, some support from somewhere, should be willing to provide some effort on their part to receive that benefit and that blessing. Um, uh, yeah, and that is just when you look at the people that are called, they are called to not be idlers in Zion as well. So this really brings us to the end of this section. Uh, and I think that it's a very practical one. It's one which reminds us of our need to act. But remember that obviously that we are to act uh, and not to walk, but not walk faster than we have strength. Um, thank you very much for listening this week. Uh, tomorrow we'll do our usual uh, Monday episode where we share some comments from the Facebook group. Uh, again, please do share when, what you've been studying uh, in that group, whether I've been posting things or not. It's great to hear individuals on there sharing their thoughts on what we've studied. Uh, and I look forward to sharing that with you. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again.